Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, welcome to My Good Bad Brain. If you dig the pod, check us out at patreon.com slash mygoodbadbrain and leave us a review also if you like it because those are very nice and helpful. Um... This episode is just me. It's a brain breather, and I, you know, I'm I'm going through it a little bit. So, kind of like content warning, I guess, about depression, pressure episodes, and eating disorder stuff, and um, imposter syndrome. We talk about that a lot, and just sort of like narratives of self hatred. I go down some little rabbit holes. So, um, that's it. Thank you. Uh, working through this one, baby. Working through it together. Thanks for joining me on this journey. Theme music. Haha. Welcome to my good bad brain I'm a normal person so I'm insane I've got depression and ADHD But I'm doing better since I medicated me I'm still not always sure whether I exist Or what being a person even really is But I figured out a long time ago that Hello, it's my good bad brain time. <laughs> I mean, it's that time again. Um, we're gonna do a solo up again. I haven't done one in a while. It's that time again. It's funny. I mean, overall, I've said this a lot too. Doing this podcast, I think, has been good for me, just because I think it's uh, fairly objectively, I could say. I think the time I take to think about, um, you know, how I'm doing, what I'm doing, who I am, blah, 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 reflect on it, try to improve, has me sincerely improving, you know? Um, sometimes I feel like, and I felt this in therapy before, and I, I feel this, you know, this ends up being sort of a version of therapy for me, an idea of working on myself. Sometimes I feel like, uh, like, I don't know, maybe it's not always great to just think about what's wrong with you. And I don't know why I'm starting at this place. I guess because I'm frustrated today with the cyclical feeling (laughs) of dealing with like, you know, 
mental illness, uh, basically, not wellness, neuroatypical brains. I don't know, the cyclical feeling of revisiting. Like when I say it, it's that time again, like I'm saying it's a, you know, under, you know, unconsciously, but then just going, yeah, it is. It's that time. That's how it feels. It feels like, hey, look who came knocking on the door again today. It's your fucking bad brain, you know? How about a little depression for you? How about we like boost that ADHD like crazy? Let's just like fuck with you today. And I, I want to talk about something like imposter syndrome, which is a phrase we've all heard a lot and probably used a lot or heard used. But this feeling, this imposter syndrome idea and how it feels like it ties into these other difficulties, especially depression, anxiety, and and this cyclical fucking feeling of like, what am I going to do? How am I going <laughs> to, is it just this forever? And I think to a depression brain, it's really, oh, oh fuck. I mean, or an ADHD brain too, which is like, so about just like stimulus of novelty, the feeling, if I get the feeling that I'm going to, there's no end to something that it's just like decided that this is what it's going to be. This is where you're going to be. This is how it's going to be forever. I get really fucking bummed out. I get, I, I get really like hopeless and helpless feeling. And when we're, you know, feeling like stuck in this kind of like cyclical thing with our own mind, our own habits and experiences and the sort of lens that colors our universe around us and whatever it's doing at a given week or day or whatever... It's really fucking hard to feel like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> okay. I I know I have tools. I know I can get out of it again. I know that it, it's like, oh, we fucking, you know what to do, baby. And some days I honestly, even when it's coming on, I feel positive and I feel strong and I feel that way. I feel like I've got tools now. I know how to do this, da, da, da. But some days, just the fact that it rears its head again, you're like, fuck, man. Come on. I thought that that was done. I thought that we figured this shit out. Okay. Fine. So let me just get through accepting this. That this is something I'm going to have to fucking deal with my whole life. And if I don't use the habits and if I don't take care of it a little bit, like somehow, it's going to fuck with me more. I've been having a weird time. Uh, what do I want to talk about? So, okay. Imposter syndrome, I definitely want to talk about and how it ties into a feeling of depression and how it ties into a feeling of progression. And I'll mention just a little bit on this side. Uh, I've been thinking a lot since the Laura Cassidy episode about like food and dysmorphia and eating disorders and stuff like that. And Okay, so on the food, or I'll just start with that positive thing, right? I think, I think I've been, I I really examined a lot after that episode, and I was like, I fucking am a crazy person with food, and I'm a crazy person with my body, and it's only made worse by like this weird world of the social media thing, and feeling like a resentment, but also uh, 
a, a kind of like glow of that dopamine glow and goodness and a thing that you feel like you got to feed whenever somebody says something nice about you online or even like objectifying or something you're like damn that's that's kind of uh cool in a weird way if you're somebody who didn't feel wanted at all when you were a kid or just has difficulty feeling wanted at all you're like fuck that's that's good being liked for that thing and i also think there's something about being liked or desired for my body that means like oh well somebody likes it if i don't so that helps and also a feeling that it's just this is just who i am and in a twisted way feeling like i'm not good enough uh just as who i am in my spirit or in my heart so there's something almost like like i'm like i'm only good based on what i've achieved and a body can be something you've achieved but it's more than that just who you are and in a weird way i feel like anytime somebody likes me for a superficial reason it actually feels weirdly validating because it feels like you, I like you just for something you don't even control. I like you just for being there. And that's not really even accurate. But my point is I tie up all these weird fucking feelings into it. And what my body then says about me, what, since I was a little kid, I was like, I don't know. I'd see people in movies. And I was like, your body tells a story. You can tell what somebody does or not by their you know, shape and their hands. And there's some truth to that in a poetic sense. But when you add in like weird, like, you know, German type A sort of lineage, it, it becomes very quickly that what's the story is it telling about you? Is it, if you don't like your body or if it's like anything about it's imperfect, that means you're bad. That means you're fucking lazy and you're not fucking, you know, and you're just like a fake and you're just like wasting your time on this earth and your potential and your life and this whole fucking thing cascade. And so the point is I figure out a million ways that I don't want to let go of body issues or self-identity with my body and eating habits and I there's all these ways I want to imbue it with all this meaning because all this other meaning is imbued and I kind of think I use that to protect my fucking <laughs> body dysmorphia and eating disorders that I'm like fuck I really have those every like I, I don't know I go in and out I've talked to other friends about this who are like educated about food also and believe in food and me as medicine and you're like sometimes you're good and other days like you're good like you're like you're receiving it just for what it is you know and you're just truly doing food science in your head and figure out what makes you feel good or not and other days damn it's just the most convenient disguise for a way to create like some kind of moral value judgment around what you decide to put in your mouth or not that day and be like give yourself reasons to hate yourself or judge yourselves or not based on what you fucking eat like what snacks you have are you lazy or are you like on it and you're good and I don't know. I just realized I fucking do all that stuff. I definitely like use it. And I guess part of the theme here that's going to be universal with the imposter syndrome stuff is like how hard we work to protect our dysfunctions. Like our dysfunctions are all we know. Our brain, I think like all life, there's an impulse of anything that exists to keep its existence persistent. And so like I've seen it in people I love who are dealing with addiction stuff that they'll go out of their way to like defend the addiction and be like, it's not the pills or it's not the alcohol. It's this other thing. I've got that under control. Anything to not look at the real issue. And I do the same fucking thing. 
uh, I love working out. I do. I do think it's a necessary part of being happy. I love eating and I love eating well. I think there's ways to eat well that make my body feel better than others. But I use a lot of that also as a way to disguise like my crazy fucking uh, control issues and sense of self-value issues and stuff like that that I imbue all of food and physicality with. And years later, always, or months later, whatever, I'll see a picture of myself and remember taking the picture of myself or someone else taking it and seeing it and being like, I fucking hated myself. I thought I was so ugly. And seeing it later and being like, what's wrong with me? And still, like, I'll just look at pictures. I'll just see or hear my own voice or anything and just fucking hate it so much. And I'll look for all these reasons to keep that going. And I, I don't know. There's something about that because... I was thinking about imposter syndrome and how like I just feel ho- like horrible. I feel like a fucking failure all the time. And I feel like incapable of things. I feel incapable of things that I have done and that I have done successfully and that I've done for money. You know, like I feel like someone's always going to find out that I'm a fucking fake and that I don't know how to do anything and I don't deserve anything. And I... I was thinking about how hard I protect that. And one way I protected that habit for a while was like with acting stuff for like career stuff. I was like, I got to get in fucking insanely good, scary shape, like a superhero in a super movie, whatever. Like, and when I do that, then I'll be real. And so now I've created like then then I will have deserved the opportunity to succeed in the field that I've already had success at, like not, you know, necessarily where I'd like to end up. But like the point is I'm creating a false barrier and conveniently the barrier of false like, you know, need to be worthy conveniently. That barrier also uh, ties right into all my neuroses about not being good enough that I manifest in my dysmorphia and in my fucking eating issues where I'm like, my value will be decided by what the fuck I eat right now. Or like my judgment over my control about my emotions and my answers to self-medicating or whatever and choosing to eat something or not. Like, yikes. And I was looking at imposter syndrome. Let me just take a sidebar about imposter syndrome I know this one's all over the place and I'm sorry, I'm a little sick and stuffy headed, but like, ugh, sometimes these apps are just like, you're coming along with my fucking good bad brain as I try to work some things out. And sometimes working things out is just sort of throwing it up all on the board, you know, out loud. Here's what they call this, the, the cycle of imposter syndrome. And there's a, there's a scientist, um, who uh, did a did a whole the whole study on this thing? Ugh, gosh, golly, I'm gonna pull up her name for you. Um, ugh, Sarajuku, I think it is. I think it's. Why is this important to me? It's important to me because I want the details. And I want to start citing people who do stuff. Sakulku, J Sakulku is the name, and. This is a 2011 study, and they define this thing they call the imposter cycle, okay? It's around achievement-related tasks, or in this case, like looking at your life of achieve, like your career, right? You're a, a, that you've achieved and blah, blah, blah. 
So you have this anxiety and self-doubt and worry. An achievement-related task uh, is, is you know, the, the idea of that. This anxiety, self-doubt, worry that is the imposter syndrome feeling. And in anticipation of accomplishing the task or whatever in front of you, or thinking about yourself, how did I get that thing done? How did I get that achievement or whatever that I, a normal person could point to and go like, see, you're not an imposter. You did this. And you think like, well, how did you, what did you do to deal with that feeling? And there's basically two answers that they find in this imposter cycle is you either procrastinate, you just avoid, 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 avoid until the last minute you put the thing together or you overprepare. You just work, 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 work so fucking hard, so much more than you have to so that the thing is done. And either way, this accomplishment happens, okay? And the accomplishment is is good. Whichever of these two sort of things you, the imposter syndrome left you to do, over-prepare or just procrastinate to the last minute. You have a momentary feeling of relief around the accomplishment, and then you get positive feedback for the accomplishment, okay? Now, you'll look at this positive feedback, and you'll say to yourself, You'll look how, how, what did you do leading into this positive feedback? Well, let's say you overprepared. Well, yeah, I, I know they're saying I'm getting positive feedback and I did a good job, but I did that only because I worked insanely fucking hard, inhumanly hard, okay? I worked so fucking hard and it has nothing to do with who I am or how I am or my abilities or perspectives or anything like that. And all it has anything to do with is that crazy hard work that I put in. And so you use that to discount the positive feedback. And if you procrastinated and got it done, then it's even easier. You say, oh, it was just luck. I got fucking lucky. It had nothing to do with what I did or who I am or how I am. I just got lucky. And you use that to discount the positive feedback. And so now anybody who gives you positive feedback, you have great reasons that you know in your heart or make their positive feedback about you did a good job or you're good at this thing. You're a good person. You have all these reasons to know like why you didn't. And for me, I'm like, no, that's not true because mm, I haven't been working out or I haven't been eating well or I haven't been uh, going to the classes that I should be going to or whatever the fuck that says like I'm actually bad. I'm actually not good. And, or I've overprepared. I've done so fucking much that I'm like, yeah, but I can't sustain that. That's not sustainable. And, uh, you know, I'm just, you know, not really worthy on my own. And so if I'm not going to put all this work in, then I, I can't do it at all. I'm not going to do it. What's the point? Because it won't be good. Even though those people say that it was good that I did it, it was for a ridiculous reason. And so that feedback's invalid. And then the invalidated feedback that you have, you know, allows you to perceive your own fraudulence again you per your imposter syndrome self and that you can trigger these depression episodes these anxiety episodes and all this fucking feelings of self-doubt that you always have and that leads you back to these achievement related tasks whether they're put in front of you or you seek them out to like kind of you know try to be better or whatever or, or it's just life and then the whole thing happens again a new a new task comes up anxiety self-doubt imposter syndrome, the whole thing and i just thought that was so interesting thinking about like having these basically preset patterns of self-doubt of of creating self-doubt of creating one's own failure and being so stuck in that cycle i don't know i i um i thought about all that and i started looking at like trying to get better over the last year or so trying to like work on all this good bad brain stuff all this depression and trying to be a better version of me and try to like get myself out of the holes in my life that I don't like and blah 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 and have a life that feels more sustainable and more possible and and maybe even go after like really swinging for the fences on some of these things that I have in my life set up in my mind as dreams as things that I want to achieve you know creatively and professionally 
and looking at like why I haven't yet or why I'm not going for it. And in the stripping away and looking at these patterns of the ADHD ones or depression, anxiety or whatever, and looking at the things that don't make me feel good in my life, I was like, some, I, I, I was thinking to myself, like, all these things you say are problems that don't go well for you that I associate as maybe related to the bad feelings I have about myself and who I am and how I am, which are the depression, the anxiety, and the feeling of like an imposter, just a fake bad person being that. Like, there's circumstances in my life that keep those hard and they are the way I do or limit uh, my opportunities, putting myself out there in the universe, going after what I really want to go after, basically. And the feeling is one of constant lack and constant um, insecurity about like even just basic shit about like where the next month's rent is going to come from or whatever it is. And this sort of like shaky feeling and a feeling for years of realizing, damn, you really haven't committed to anything. You haven't like gone after anything because you feel like you are depressed or you're anxious or you're just like, something is in, is just fucking freezing you about it. And now that I've been un- unwinding some of the things that freeze me, which are the anxiety, the depression, the like uh, ADHD stuff, the imposter syndrome, these things, and starting to understand them and still they come back or when they don't come back, I still feel frozen. I've been looking at this idea of not just fear of failure, but fear of success and how closely related those two things feel. The fear of failure one is the one I've been thinking about a lot about like the feeling deep down in your bones that you are not enough. And then if you try your fucking best, you still probably might not be enough. And so the way that you avoid ever feeling that true emptiness is just by never trying, is by never doing your fucking full on. And by never doing your full on, you protect yourself internally and in your fearful places from, so you can always, even if nothing ever happens, if you never succeed or get the things that you want in your, out of your life, you can always go like, well, that's just because I didn't really put it all in. I know I could have, you know, you like protect your ego that way. But the result is the strange life of like never fucking doing what you want to do. And time passes, you know, time's imaginary, <laughs> but it does pass. And you're like looking at your life and I'm looking back at my life. And the other one's fear of success. And I don't really fully understand that one. I think there is something that is on this other side of, of what I'm talking about, about like being married and in love with or codependently in love with our own illnesses, our illness when it's mental, so much shapes our sense of who we are and how we see the world and what is reality. And I think it's really fucking scary to think about fixing some of those things because they define so much who we think we are. And if we change them and we lose those things, I think there's a fear of losing who we are. I know I avoided psychiatric help or anything like that for a long time because I thought I would uh, lose my creativity or I lose my passion or I lose something like that you know and to realize that that didn't happen 
after the fact, after doing, you know, some things with psychiatric care that have helped me a lot and still feeling like, no, I still feel pretty creative and all those things. I realized that like, well, then it wasn't really a fear of losing your creativity. It was a fear of losing your illness because your illness is part of who you are. And it's frustrating, obviously, because these illnesses still come back around. And now the feeling of them coming back around is partly like this skin. It's like the skin crawling feeling that depression can have sometimes of just like fucking not wanting to be yourself or anxiety can have. You just like you just want to get out of your fucking skin so fucking bad. You just want to stop being you. You do anything to stop being you and be in life in you like something about that. I don't know. It's like. Once you start to work through some of that, it becomes extra frustrating on this like meta level of like, I really want to stop fucking feeling these things. I really want to fucking, I, cause I can understand them intellectually now and I've done a lot of work and I've built a lot of habits and I'd really like to stop having days where I feel uh, fucking paralyzed again. I'd really like to stop having days where it's impossible to see something good. I'd really like to stop having days when, uh, I just know that I'm a failure and I'll always be a failure and I'll never not be a failure. And I, you know, that's who I am. Just a fucking lie. And any good thing anyone's ever said to me about my work or a positive effect I've had in their life is bullshit for one reason or another. Usually as some tone of I tricked them. They're blinded by something that I tricked them. And it's just not real. And if they knew the truth about me and about things, then then they'd fucking know what I know, which is that I'm fucking bullshit and blah, blah, blah. And the feeling of like, I really don't want to be the person who has these things anymore. I'm really fucking over this stuff and getting so frustrated about how to move through that fucking wall and get forward and get past this fucking middling never try like always be frozen and stuck and held back by something kind like some you know a handicap or whatever something that stalls me out that just like I'm self-imposing in a lot of ways I think that's what's difficult because as much as I talk about the objectively understanding it's the same as like a broken foot or whatever right that like it's just a chemical mix that's different for some of us it still feels the way it feels like it's part of your identity and your personality it's still feels like something I'm just doing like even the lived sense of it is like I'm picking this somehow it's just ideas like like the thing the joke about like (laughs) oh like hey I'll just cheer up just don't don't hey like depressed the joke about like the memes or whatever of like a depressed person like I'm just having depression someone's like oh well just don't worry about things too much just you know just get it you got it like even internally it feels that way sometimes and the joke being that you go like oh yeah really i didn't think of that oh cheer up bud oh whoa shit you're right i should oh fuck you've cured me (laughs) it's tough because the internal sense of oneself is sometimes like that even hey just fucking cheer up dude (laughs) just pick something different it's all your reality it's your perception of reality it's your choices just do something different and you sit here just like stuck with trying to figure out why you can't just do something different so that's where i'm at today 
and I was um, having a, ha you know, I turned to Allie, you know, I reached one of my lifelines and talking about it. And then I get more anxiety and worries of doubt right after I've been really open about all my fucking bad feelings about myself and who I am and my feeling of failure and all this fucking shit. And then I want to clamp up even more because I'm like, oh, no, now I've shown the person who I love and I, you know, have a romantic relationship with. Now, now they know how fucking pathetic I am and how weak I am and how hollow I am. And now I don't, I don't want, now I'm like, I fucked that up. I sabotaged that by doing that. And they're going to know who I really am for real. And it's going to be, you know, blah, 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 horrible, horrible, bad again. Uh, this whole like anxiety self doubt where I've like now I've in being open about how fucked up I am <laughs> I've like bit, made myself more fucked up and she really like pumped those brakes for me and recontextualized some of that a little bit to like <clears throat> basically say that uh, no it's good and it's a strength to see uh to like talk about my problems she's like i really prefer this version of you talking about what's wrong talking about what's holding you back and being honest about that and trying to change it instead of just denying that anything's wrong and hiding it and not telling anybody and then never changing and um that you can actually see that as a strength and i know this shit is so fucking obvious this is so like baseline stuff of like, yes, of course, trying to get healthier and being open about your wounds is so much stronger than not, but it sure doesn't fucking feel like that. It feels kind of pathetic and it feels scary and uh, it feels embarrassing. It feels like shameful. And I have this weird reaction when I get sick too, when I have like, especially if it's like a, especially if it's like it manifests as a rash or something like that, but when I'm really sick, I always feel like I should just die. <laughs> I always feel like, oh, I'm, I'm a fucking weak link in the evolutionary chain of humans and I should just fucking die. I can't even live and walk around and touch things and breathe without my organism failing. I have this as a joke about every time I bite my fucking lip too. If I bite my lip eating food, I'm like, ah, oh, I should just die. I'm a failed fucking organism. Um, I can't even eat food, the basic function of sustaining my life without injuring myself. Wow, am I badly designed? And uh, I'll do that as a joke, clearly, but also like kind of rooted in a real space of like this overarching feeling that I, there's just something wrong with me in the universe. And what am I fucking doing here? Uh, I, I should go away because it's like bad. So it's weird to say all this stuff out loud, to feel all this stuff and know that it's not true. To know that that's like some weird root, like thing in me and the weirdness of my brain that says things are bad that are not bad or that are not even good, that are just things. My tendency to associate with that, but it's weird to still feel that so fucking hard from the inside to still feel like I don't want to be weak. I don't, I don't want to be fucked up still. I want to have all the fucking answers. I want to be an inspiration to other people. I want to be the person who's overcome it and knows the answers. I want to be the fucking person who is on the other side and knows how things work. And then I'll share that fucking wisdom. I'll bring those tablets down from God. And I'm going to go like, that guy beat his, that guy beat his mental illness. And he's got the tools. He's got the tricks. He could tell you how to do it. That guy's done it. Jared's done it. How inspiring. And how wise 
And like, and then I'm like, why do I even feel that way? I don't want to be a fucking life coach. I don't want to be a fucking guru. I don't believe in those people because those people I know still struggle. I know. I mean, it's to me, I mean, like there's a thing in jujitsu about like, sometimes the people who are the best are not the best coaches because they're like virtuosos. They've just, they've got some instincts or some abilities that they can't explain that makes them good. And that there's like these journeymen people make better coaches because like they've learned all the details of like how to make their stuff the best it can be. And I always think that with coaches or gurus or people who seem to like quote unquote have it together, I'm like, I'm of two minds. I'm like one, they definitely don't have it together, but also secretly, you know, nobody does who does, but also like, wouldn't the people who are most fucked up actually probably be the best people to talk about it because they're constantly trying to get better. And so they're constantly looking for strategies and reasons and ways in which to make themselves better. You know what I mean? I also think this is about people's kids, you know, when they're like, Hey, people without kids don't talk about bad parenting. Uh, well, don't you think like you're kind of the one in it? You're kind of like in the shit. It's like, the troops on the ground might not always make the best decisions because they're stuck in the fog of war and that the people who are back might have, you know, an ability to go like, hey, maybe there's a better way you could be doing that because I don't have to spend all my time being overwhelmed by the situation. I can have a better strategy. <laughs> and you're like, people with parents, you know, you're like, ah, yeah, I don't have kids, but I get to think about it a lot and think about how, you know, it should, it would be better if you treated the kids. Cause I still feel like a kid. So, you know, maybe stop doing that. And they're like, you don't, don't talk unless you have kids. Okay. I don't know. I guess what I'm saying, I mean, I don't feel that way about mental illness. I don't feel that I don't feel like if somebody doesn't have mental illness, they can't talk to me about mental illness. You know, they can observe it. They can see it. They can see it better than I can see myself. That's what I've been learning these last few years as I started really like looking to some books and articles and things like that and continue to be surprised like, oh, that's a pattern of behaviors that is fucking studied clinically because it's in a population of people. Oh, it's not just me being a total unique fuck up and failure. Oh, I'm in this with a bunch of other people. We're in this together. We're all trying to fucking overcome it together. Oh, it's the helicopter. It's coming. It's coming to get me coming to get us because we're in this together I don't know I don't know what the point of this episode is I think the point is I don't want to be protecting my dysfunctions anymore I want to move past them I want to continue striving and I'd like to throw out old fucking habits and that feeling of not knowing where a chemical issue stops or uh, you know and, and weird bad old habits and personal blocks and inabilities to release old attachments like one that we might have to never having to find our limits never being proven not enough or failing at the thing that you want more than anything else like never having to face that never having to happen have that happen that means that you just never try that hard you know you never put yourself all the way in and i'm here to say that i really fucking don't want that life and i don't want to keep being that version of me and it's really frustrating when you find yourself again in the fucking pattern again. And with the food stuff that I was talking about earlier, the last month or so, since I did that podcast, I thought about it so much. I've just been doing this active, almost meditative exercise around eating when I'm like, if I want to eat something, I just eat it. <laughs> I just, I look at my inner radar as like, you should or shouldn't eat this because of this or that. And I go, oh, no. 
And I don't go like, yay, you fucking did it. And you just, you're just so amazing for, yes, way to go. Being normal with food. Yeah, celebrate it. No, because I don't feel that way either. I just want to be like, it's a nothing. It's not something that I attach value that I'm an evil or good person because of the thing I choose to eat. I'd like to create a habit of just releasing, putting that shitty meaning on everything because I think there's something in that, that tendency to put huge meaning on everything, which is the same thing as this fear of failure, which is the same thing as this imposter syndrome. Walking around with this big imaginary scoreboard for myself that's like riddled with good person or bad person. And bad person is not predicated on anything moral I do all the time. Sometimes it's just about like things that lack any kind of morality. Like what you fucking eat because you're hungry, you know? So I have this imaginary scoreboard of if I'm a good or bad person, if I'm a failure or a success as a person. And I just look for like so many things to put this false meaning into. I achieved on this and someone said I did a good job and I worked hard at it and that hard crazy work is the only reason imposter syndrome their good opinion of me is false because of this again I'm just putting all this meaning that doesn't exist onto things and that's the, that's the lived experience to me of anxiety and depression also is the addition of narrative the addition of meaning to like so many things that do not say that you're good or bad and I struggle because the best uh point of view it seems this mindfulness comes from like a zen buddhist kind of thing a sort of like ability to look at things objectively and and non-judgmentally and just say things just are not that they're good or bad that they just are and so that is helpful up to a certain degree until i figure out a way to make that bad and say like you're just so disconnected from your life you're not even experiencing it anymore you're bad and the only way that you can deal with your sense of failure and being what a piece of shit you are is to disconnect and not feel it and that's that's not zen that's just you being a fucking coward and a bad person. And that's the fucking tape again. And it goes again, the addition of narrative. So maybe that's the end of this fired up little fucking brain breather. I don't know this. I'm having a weird one, you know, today. It's just to say like striving to cease with the narrative that the food is not good or bad, that your body is not beautiful or hideous based on some fucking skin or other molecules that are in a place of inch or two this way or that way. You know what I mean? Like this addition of narrative. You're not fucking. Uh, maybe, maybe like it doesn't even matter. Like you're good or bad. If it, if somebody liked the thing you made or not, or if you did it or not, maybe it's just a thing that happened or not. And that person was having a good or bad day. And there's nothing. You don't have to add so much meaning. And again, getting back to that thing of like, does it serve me? I mean, does it serve me is something that I, in my dark zones, I'll turn that on itself too. You know what I mean? And you'd be like, well, does it serve you isn't useful. If an arrow was flying at your head and you were like, there's an arrow flying at my head. I should get out of the way. You'd be like, well, does an arrow flying at my head serve me right now? Because I like standing here. And if you're like, well, no, I, if I want to keep standing here, it doesn't serve me. You know what I mean? Like you figure out a way, but the arrow still fucking hits you. And I feel that way, like in a metaphorical sense, you know, like me going like, well, does it serve me? Well, I don't, it doesn't matter if it serves you, dude. If it's real, you need to pay attention to it. That's like the voice in my head, you know? I just think there's a way to have nuance with that. Like 
like truly so many of the things I don't know, you know, because it's like then you don't want to be the fire festival guy who's like, hey, I don't need problems. I need solutions. You know, what I mean, that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to say. It's like there's a place where reality meets it and you're so worried and like you just use that as an excuse to take away the tool that helps you anyway. Does it serve me? Instead of just like letting yourself have the tool arbitrarily for like because it helps you function better to say like. I'm not going to validate that thing that's hurting me or could hurt me because it doesn't really help me right now. And it'll only hurt me if I look at it. Sorry, this guy, that guy esoteric. I guess I'm just saying that's what I'm returning to is instead of living in the subjective sense of things, the narrative of things, which is where I really get stuck. And I think a lot of us get stuck. This is how I got out of it to a decent degree today. Not hundred percent, but pretty good. Got things done was using strategies that I've developed and being reminded of them by somebody who cares about me deeply um, by making a list. And I added to the list this thing that Ali does, which is time blocking where like, so I already have this thing for my ADHD where I try to like make a list of all the things I need to do. And it becomes really overwhelming really fast because there's too much to do in a day and I don't know how the fuck I'm ever going to get all of it done. And then you're just like, well, I guess I'm just never going to start. It's just overwhelming. You have to pick a place to start. And one thing that Allie does that I've stolen from her is called time blocking. Or I tried it today. I'm going to keep trying because it's really helpful. And you literally just build out a schedule like by minutes. You're like, I'm going to do this for 15 minutes and I'm going to do this. And you put the time in the day and you schedule it out and then you just go. And it doesn't matter if you don't keep the schedule perfectly. It just, it's, you've done something small and functional to just go and move and go. And by the end of the day, you've done some of the stuff that you Otherwise, would have set, sat in your subjective narrative sense of like, I'm a bad person because I don't want to do these because I can't do these because I don't know how to do these because I'm overwhelmed by these. This is impossible. I'm impossible. The world's impossible. I'm fucked. I'm fucked. I'm fucked. I'm going to be this forever. Why can't I just do things? Just do it. Like you can short circuit that and instead just run like it's like Lego instructions. Like if you looked at the big pile of Legos, you'd be like, I don't know what to do with these fucking Legos. So you've got to get a like instruction book for yourself. And that's what helps me. I list out the fucking things that I need to do that I would need to do to be where I want to be even if it's just like in a better place at the end of the day and then attach times to them 15 minutes an hour two hours to this task whatever and that's it even if you fuck it up or you don't do it perfectly it's like it doesn't matter you've started to do something you start just chunking away and whenever i've started chunking away you know what i mean that's like all that fucking matters is that i'm trying is that we're fucking trying and just in the sense of possibility and the glimmer of hope it's like you've already done it you know what i mean just in the glimmer of hope that like this might be able to get better. I might be able to break this. You've, you've done it just in the thought of the maybe, you know what I mean? That's the nature of the depression and stuff It's like, it's so embedded in your brain that just being able to have the thought that oh, maybe, oh, maybe I can beat this. Maybe I'm not such a piece of shit just because of this arbitrary thought I was having. You know what I mean? You've beaten it just in having the thought. So that's it having a tough one i'm sure a lot of you are having tough ones too because we all are fucking often you know and if you are i would just implore you to do your best to strip away some of the narrative that's unnecessary the fake narrative the runaway voices that just compound the badness the badness the badness the imagined badness of you and all things try to slow that down and go like i'm just not going to add story to that sometimes a cigar is just a cigar you know what i mean and then Using the small, if you're feeling overwhelmed and frozen and that's the thing that's burning, using the small thing of like tiny schedules, tiny tasks, and just start moving your hands and body and brain, you know, just doing something functional. 
and then see where you're at. See if that helps you. See if that helps you give the one little tiny thought of, damn, I did do something today. And I was in a place that I thought I wasn't going to be able to do anything. And I did something. And that means I can break this fucking pattern. I can break this fucking brain. You know what I mean? I can break it. And yeah, I'm going to fucking keep cycling. I'm going to have to face this thing over and over again. And some days it's going to be as bad as the first time I ever felt it. And in this moment where I've created a glimmer of hope for myself, just the fucking thought that maybe I could get out of it. Oh, wow. Maybe you got out of it. That's it. Because you can't even have the thought when you're really in it. If you can fucking have the thought, maybe I'll be better. Maybe I could get out of this. Maybe I'll come through this. You're out, dude. Like that's the fucking reality of it. You're out. You beat it. You beat it just in the thought because the thought of possibility is not there if you're stuck in it. And if you can have the thought of possibility, which I feel like if you're fucking listening to this right now, there's the thought of possibility. If you're listening to this right now, what is this fucking podcast? What does this podcast become? I don't know. It's a place where people go to talk and think about how the fuck they get through and how they are and who they are and what being a person feels like to them and why so that we can fucking improve it if we have to so that we can share each other's secrets and share our possibility. And I really think that's it. The sharing the possibility. And if you're listening to this right now, no matter how fucking bad you might feel, You are sharing my possibility that we can be better. (laughs) You know? And if we're sharing that possibility, if the possibility of being better is there at all, it's there in full. Inch towards daylight. Inch towards daylight. Inch towards daylight. That's it. Thanks, y'all. I'm going to stop this for now. We'll be back next week. If you like the pod, check out patreon.com slash mygoodbadbrain. Yeah. Leave a review if you dig it. Thanks for hanging out with me. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.